Hello and welcome. This is the Filmmakers Podcast. And this is part two of our chat with the filmmakers Trish Rybacek and Sasha Bennett, who tell us all about their latest feature, Tango One. And we learn to understand studio movies are just like indie films. You still have to graph like crazy and get down and dirty, begging, borrowing, stealing as you do it. But first, some news from Trish and Sasha. Since recording the pod, their film Ethel is going full steam into production and we can give you an exclusive here on the Filmmakers Podcast. Yes. So Ethel is their short film looking at how dementia not only affects the elderly, but all generations, young and old alike. It's about Alzheimer's and how it can leave those suffering very vulnerable. Three Wise Monkeys are producing, which is Trish and Sasha's production company, and Johnny Wright is writing and directing. So here's the exclusive. Not only have they cast Elijah Baker, who is a fantastic young actor who's in the weekend movie and Tango One, but also they have cast Professor Green. Known for his acting under the name Stephen Mandelson. That's right, Professor Green, the rapper, singer, artist, whatever you want to call him, he is starring in this film. It's really exciting news. He's wonderful in any of the music videos he's done. He really is a, a really exciting young actor. Um, so I can't wait for this. Uh, not only is the subject matter amazing and really important right now, but they've got a great cast. And there's going to be more news on that coming soon as well, I hear. So um, check out ethelshortfilm.co.uk. And thank you, Trish and Johnny, for the update. Much appreciated. So, indie film shout-outs. This week, Drew Horner. His film, Exist, is now on Indiegogo. And that's dealing with men's suicide. It's going to be great. So support this psychological thriller if you can. If nothing else, check out the pledge video. It's really worth watching. It is fantastic. It's a great pledge video and how they should be done. Drew Horner's film Exist. Check it out. Vanessa Bailey, congratulations to you. You raised your total. For her film, Bus Stop Film, she's going to be making it. Wonderful, wonderful news. So thanks to all that pledged. Congratulations and good luck. Really good luck. So with all these things, if nothing else, just follow them and retweet. It makes the world of difference, I promise you. So shout-outs this week go to Diane Knight. Always, always amazing and brilliant support for indie filmmakers. You can find her at Candy's Treats on Twitter. She's the wife of Paul Knight, the director of the upcoming indie film 24 Little Hours and the director of A Landscape of Lies. And he came on the podcast and gave us the epic two-parter about how the film was embroiled in a 19.6 million tax scam and how Paul rose above it all, claimed his innocence, and got the film released seven years later. It's a must for any filmmaker thinking they have issues making their film. It's episode 31 and 32. Check it out. It's great. It really is worth listening to. So follow both of them, Diane and Paul Knight, and give them some love. Also to Black Box Film, thank you for your retweets and love. The Warrior Agency, RBTV podcast, Chris at Thriven. Thank you for your retweets and for the Huddersfield tickets. <laughs> uh, Nick Jones at Grassroots Media and Stu Laurie. Thank you for the advice on the script. Appreciate it. So if you want your name read out, if you've got an indie film you want to shout about or you've got a crowdfunder, let us know. Get in touch at Filmmakers Pod and we'll do our best to get it shouted out and get people hearing about it. Um, and remember, share the love, retweet everything, get on with it and then make your film. Right, on to part two. We jump straight back in with the making of the thriller Tango One. 
with me, Giles Alderson, Dan Richardson, Trish Rybachik, and Sasha Bennett. I know you're going to love this. So, how did Tango One happen? How did it start from the very beginning? What was the process? So, Sasha was attached first. Mm-hmm. So, I got a call from my agent saying, someone called William wants to meet you mm-hmm. about uh, uh, a project. Couldn't send anything. Just said it was a thriller. Um, and Universal were on board. I was like, okay. Wow. okay. Um, it's all right, we'll take that. Yeah, yeah. sounds like a good start. <laughs> sounds anyway. good. Yeah, sure. um, so I met I met William in Baker Street in the Sherlock Holmes Hotel. Nice if place. Anything too touristy about that. <laughs> um, had a cup of tea, and he just said that he, he'd gone into Universal looking for uh, just a UK finance deal, so like uh, maybe 20% of the budget mm-hmm. for the UK rights. But by the end of the meeting, they'd said... Do you know what? Let's give you all the money. Now, this is something that wow. doesn't happen. Yeah. They haven't done it before. They haven't done it since. <laughs> and um, I was kind of like, wow, okay. And I, I didn't know who William was or what his pedigree was or anything. I was kind of like, oh, okay. So he said, will you do it? And I said, well, I want to read the script first, if that's all right. <laughs> I hadn't read the script by that point. I no. love it. I love it. Well, he said, well, there isn't one yet. I was like, <laughs> okay. Right. So <laughs> This is getting confusing. Yeah. Now. So he walks in without a script, without a director, without any actors. And gets and a deal. <laughs> a load of money. Fuck, who is this That's guy? That's what we've been doing yeah. wrong. Yeah. We've been writing scripts and shit. What scripts. are we thinking? We're insane. Oh. So I then woke up and the whole thing had been a dream. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, so eventually the script was finished and well, it was based on a book it was based on a book yeah, by yeah. Stephen, Stephen Leather, Leather. Big yeah. so that, that's what Universal liked it was an uh, ex- uh, intellectual property as mm. they like to call it IP they're mad about IP god forbid you should do an original screenplay mm. it has to be based on a book someone's life a musical whatever, whatever. Um, so yeah it was based on a book so there's something tangible there anyway uh, so anyway the screenplay turned up and parts of it were great parts of it were very wrong and parts of it were fixable um so i kind of went well look if you let me give it a go in terms of writing i think we're we're, we're there mm-hmm. um and un- unknown to me at the time but universal basically said sasha's directing this whatever so you have to make it work <laughs> so it, it just became kind of one of those moments where it was like okay right well here's the screenplay and then so within about two months, I'd handed in a draft that everyone was happy with. Mm-hmm. And then it turned to, right, let's get production up and running. Uh, I'd already mentioned Trish anyway, but then Universal kind of went, right, so you need to bring on board a production team and a producer that knows, that understands how these films are made because William hadn't made one mm-hmm. before. So it kind of planets an alignment thing. And so we sat down, the three of us and just went, well, three wise monkeys is a production company. And mm-hmm. we've obviously, I've worked with universal before. Trish has produced like up to 30 movies. So da, 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 da. so the whole thing was a relatively straightforward. Yeah. It was that because it was that from your side. And then at the same time, Kate Planton was the casting director mm-hmm. and we'd worked together on, we still kill and we still steal at that point. Um, and she was involved in pre-production for a couple of other development projects. And yeah, so she suggested me as well. Great. So then I was on a shoot with MTV and Channel 5 around Europe. And I got this Skype from this guy, William, it, whilst I was in Monaco. And he was like, hey, do you want to line produce and produce this movie? Sasha's attached. Obviously, at the same time, we'd had the conversation. I was like, oh, okay, cool. Um, and, and yeah, that was that was it, wasn't it, really? So, I mean, yeah. I, so I had that interview September. I got the script October. I rewrote end of November. You jumped 
in mid-November. Yeah. Um, and we were aiming originally to shoot in January. Mm-hmm. And then these guys were freaking out and panicking. <laughs> of course. Yeah. So it got pushed to March. Yeah. Uh, so we shot in March and into April and delivered July. And, yeah. and then that, we waited for a little while. And then waited, yeah. Nearly two years, yeah. It, How come we had to wait? We don't know. We, we don't know. I think uh, Universal were waiting for a correct window to output it. Um, but yeah, for some reason, we sort of sat on our hands. And because it was mm. our first movie as Three Wise Monkeys as mm. well, we were so eager to get it out. Of course because, you were. You know, I'd gone to Cannes. I'd been screaming and shouting about the fact, I've just done, you know, we've just done mm-hmm. Universal's first ever UK fully financed film. And then... Another can came around. I was like, I've just, just uh, I've still uh, yeah, just done. Look at me. Um, yeah, and so, I've worked with Scorsese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so <laughs> who's here, by the way? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and so, yeah, for some reason it just took that time. And then, but we were so glad when it finally released. Yeah. So it was like, I haven't just been lying to people. Yeah. No, no, this is a real this film. Real I mean, I mean, the thing about it is really is that Universal are a huge corporation that you know yeah. and and to get in line don't you you completely get in line behind jurassic park 8 and the born franchise mm. and fast and furious mm. you know they have just so many franchises that you are think mm-hmm. such a small little cog in the machine yeah. um but it, that's the trade-off you have from from them from giving them, you the money yeah. from giving you the money mm-hmm. and and also their clout and also sitting there and seeing that globe come up dun, dun, dun. Oh. yeah that will never change oh, that, that feeling must be I amazing think. right yeah. i mean oh, I, you know i've done i've, I've had three it. of those now so have you is yeah, it through a third well, yeah, this is my second but oh, you know oh, um, big time <laughs> <laughs> But that feeling still never it goes away. No, it really the, the does. Minute, I think I said this on another podcast. Love the minute it. it does start being another like, podcast, whatever, that, you know, then I think probably you're in the wrong industry. Like, yeah. go and take yourself mm. down to start. I don't know where I'm at. Totally. But yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, totally. there's just something about that. That's just, It's great. Whatever happens, it's great to get a movie done and, mm-hmm. and, you know, finished and out there. And you could argue that self-distribution is maybe moving into the way forward i don't know but to have a studio backing what you're doing Mm. it's amazing and with tango it's that you know they've released it worldwide it's it's gone out pretty much everywhere possibly you know wherever there's a market that's vaguely interested in that genre Mm -hmm. it's gone out um which you know as an indie normally you struggle because you know it's a little bit piecemeal mm. at toronto we've got to yeah. pick up from Denny Lux going and, over there yeah 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 and you know it's come out already so online on BitTorrent, mm. and then two years later someone's giving you 30 quid for it in russia because well you know it's already mm. been out online and yeah, yeah. so to, for it to be kind of a blanket, blanket of release. blanket release and over about four months at the start of the year was kind of like just well, amazing. Okay, and for great. your first one as Three Wise Monkeys, is yeah. still regardless of how long it took, is amazing. Yes. Should we tell people what it's about? A little bit about what it's about. Um, do you want to? Yeah, yeah I go do. Go for it. Yeah. This will be interesting because I haven't read this. Tango One. Ready? That's good good stuff. Absolutely <laughs> On their first day of training with the London Metropolitan Police, three recruits are assigned to a team of undercover detectives. Their dangerous mission is to become criminals in order to bring down one of the world's most notorious drug dealers. Why are you looking at me like that? I'm just trying to work out if I should turn your volume down. Dan Donovan, alias Tango One. Play the trailer. (laughs) Star Wars. Star Wars, yeah. David Brent does Star Wars.
Mr. Donovan has a certain reputation. I've only ever had one trick. Make the other guy think he's the smartest. I'm being screwed by the same guy screwing my wife. He's cleaning my account out. I checked my account this morning. Nothing there. Mr. Donovan's showing it out. <laughs> you bet your ass. We're business partners now. We? Who else is going to protect you? You have 24 hours to get me my money, okay? Where's my daughter? Oh, she's fine. For the moment. What are you going to do? What I always do. I'm in an unforgiving frame of mind at the moment. Don't this is bite back. Before I ask why you're all here, I'm holding an M16. <laughs> Zoe, come on! You know what they say, too many crooks spoil the broth. How do you think I know about the heroin? The suspense is killing me. The film stars some amazing people. You've obviously got Vincent Reagan, who you've, you've worked with quite a lot. Um, Sophie Colquhoun, is that how you pronounce her surname? Ribs your hug. Ribjikek, how do you pronounce <laughs> Sophie's surname? Colquan. Colquan. Sophie Colquan, who was in Plebs and Captain America. Joseph Milsom, who is amazing. I love Joseph Milsom, who's Casino Royal. Callum McNabb, who's in Football Factor in the firm. And you also had Union J Star. Uh, JJ Hamblet. Yeah, we've Indeed. got him in Ethel as well. Have you got him in Ethel? We do. He's a star. Yeah. So you had a great cast for Tango. Yeah. Yes. Really great. So obviously you've worked with quite a few of them before. Um, but how did you actually go about making it? Obviously, it's a, I suppose you, you could call it a crime drama rather than action thriller. It's, it's a mixture of thriller. international <laughs> thriller <laughs> based on the international what, book. Yeah. Basically, I was very seller. adamant up front that it shouldn't, shouldn't be, we shouldn't be calling it the G Gangster, word. Yeah. yeah. So the synopsis you just gave is kind of more about the book and what what had happened by the time I joined the party was that they reversed, they flipped the book basically and mm. they kind of went, rather than making it about the recruits, let's make it about Donovan because the, the readers loved Donovan as the character. Mm. So, of course, I was walking in going, oh, God, so the hero's an international heroin dealer. Right, how am I going to make him attractive mm. to an audience that yeah. doesn't, like, sell drugs? Um so that was a bit of a challenge, but I th- you know we, we we kind of very quickly worked out making it a redemption film, which isn't in the book. It, you know, the book is more about him just being an a hole all the way through mm. and being a perfect antagonist. Stephen <laughs> Leather loved the adaption, though. So okay, that's, that's always that, yeah. yeah so I sat next to him, at, uh, and, yeah, yeah. yeah, and you sat behind him, I think, at the screening at Universal when we first showed it to him, and the lights came up, and he went, "That was amazing." Thank you so much. And I was like oh, so wow. relieved because, like I said, we completely changed the story on the mm. whole. And his his literary agent went, there's some brilliant dialogue in there. And Stephen's <laughs> like, yeah, none of it's mine. <laughs> 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 so that, that Maybe was... that's a quote for the poster. There's some brilliant dialogue <laughs> yeah. in there. Yeah. From the author. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, but how do you go about making something that is that sort of crimey and not... Um, oh, that was the question, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. So you're saying not a, yeah, not, not a gangster a gang- film. And you're trying so to make- I was very adamant yeah. to, to turn it away from it just being another British gangster movie and, and make it more international. So th- th- we beefed up the the foreign locations of which originally it, it was – he starts in the Caribbean and then he's back in London for the rest of the film originally. Mm. 
So I was like, look, we're going to have to go somewhere. Originally, it was going to be Cyprus. Cyprus, but the, the whole, there was warfare going on. Uh, the, yeah, uh, our, the, our insurance company said, that's quite close to Syria. <laughs> so oh. Sasha might get kidnapped. And a few people in the room went, and? Really fancy directing. So we shot in Spain, but all the way down the East Coast. Um, and... I was like, look, if we're going there anyway, it'll almost cost relatively the same to stay for an extra two days as it would just to be there for two or three. So I started writing in loads of like Afghanistan and Caribbean and Greece and um, uh, the Adriatic and let's have yachts and let's do that. You know, all, I was just throwing everything out there and mm. seeing if we could make it work, which Trish is brilliant at doing. Um, so we we're doing everything we could to make it more international and less london essex gangstery yeah uh and then a big element of it anyway is mi5 and undercover and things like this so we've really played more on that side of it rather than it just being about a load of drug dealers walking around pubs and smashing people up yeah yeah locations we found quite easily didn't we and we tried to contain as much as we could within various sort of builds that Mm. we knew would work Mm. um then we had our views over london then spain yeah yeah yeah, and then but casting happened relatively quickly I've also I'd worked with Vinny a couple of times you'd worked with him on, on Top Dog and yes. Re- Regan rather than Jones yes, yes. yes. <laughs> oh shit <laughs> <laughs> Vinny to Vincent Vincent uh, Vincent Regan who's, who's, who's awesome and, and yeah we had literally a glass of Coca-Cola at BAFTA and he was like I'm in great so that was that I mean that's really how hard it gets the mm. further up you go the more films you make the quicker the casting meetings. <laughs> right. No, this is, yeah, it makes sense though, doesn't it? People have seen yeah. your work. They've seen what you've done. The trust. Due diligence the trust. Done and, they know you yeah. can deliver. Yeah. It's a huge thing. What yeah. was the budget on Tango 1? Good question. Ah. Good. <laughs> it's true. <'cause> it... <laughs> what was the budget on Tango 1? I think Giles? it was around, I have no idea. I don't know. It could be anything from... I don't know if we're allowed to Yeah, you're probably say. not allowed to say. I mean, here's the thing on budgets. Yeah. And, it's surprisingly low to right. what people think think right. and which is good right? which is good which is because, it looks production value well exactly yeah. and i think that's the mistake that a lot of filmmakers make mm. is that they walk around going yeah so my first film's like three to five million i'm like are you fucking kidding me yeah. like what? what no you yeah. don't need to do that mm. and please if you don't know how to do that then try and ask a favour of an experienced line producer to help you keep it realistic. Because Mm -hmm. if you're walking around saying those things, Mm -hmm. you're making a bit of an ass of yourself. Like, it doesn't need to be that way. Well, and you Uh, attract the wrong people and everyone just puts in over their rate card. Sure. Yes. Because they're going, well, the money needs to be spent, right? Mm -hmm. So It's not set in space. You don't have Harrison Ford. So I I want a lot more than normal. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Just to give advice for our listeners, what's the best thing to say on budgets when people ask that? Be realistic. Yeah, be really realistic. I think, yeah, if you can pull in a favour from an an experienced line producer, ask Mm -hmm. for for a meeting um, and, and go from there. You know, we've made feature films and we won't say which ones, but in the region of 100 and 150 grand, Mm-hmm. Um, and people wouldn't ever su- suspect it. Um, sure. But well, we, you well can. for instance, one of those films, I screened it for notes from the people financing it, and they said, "Bloody hell, that looks like ten, fifteen times." And, and, and we know how much films cost, and we know what money we've mm. given you. Mm. So it's about boxing clever, and and, and the, the trouble with having too much money, 
that there never is too much money or too much time. But the trouble with having too much money is it gets wasted. Yeah. Mm. Suddenly the food yeah. is suddenly more expensive. There's more yeah. assistance. There's Everyone more, gets a trailer. Yeah, and it adds so you're up. above the line goes up yeah. because the, obviously the more experienced actor you get, then they're expecting mm-hmm. various things. Mm-hmm. But you can ask favors. So it's back to that point of asking favors, and you know you don't. It's obviously it's nice to have catering, but mm-hmm. if you're on a limited budget. You can get deals for five quid a head from the local takeaway company. Mm-hmm. Like, just think simple and and use the money to put it on screen. That is your as long as your crew are fed, watered, treated well, respected. After, you know, yeah. you looked after absolutely. Don't overwork their hours. Then, then the rest of the money you use on screen, and you just need to be economical with that. And and I think yeah, that's my sort of biggest piece of advice to people. That's great. Is advice. yeah, I, I just. And if anyone wants advice, just contact me. I'll be happy to help because honestly, Perfect. it's. I just think it's so important to try and get people to be a little bit more realistic because mm. um, it's very easy to have pipe dreams and it's very easy to, you know, work with DOPs who maybe or, or gaffers who want like a 10 ton lighting truck at the mm-hmm. back of your set. You and don't a need it. On standby. Yeah, yeah, sure. On that's standby. lovely. Yeah, I mean, yeah. In a, happen, uh, yeah. Yeah. Used, yeah no, exactly. But mm. you can do it in a in a much easier, simpler way. And you know, someone who's really talented knows how to use their kit economically, right. and 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 can work with less lights potentially for your first, second, third feature. You don't need all of that. Um, so yeah, think smart would be my my sort of gambit but on it. Also, Wonderful. again, it comes from the director as well. Mm. Uh, you know. Clear about what you're trying to do. Don't like turn up on the day and go, maybe this, maybe that. You know, tell people ahead of time on the recce what you want and what shots you're thinking of and what you might need Mm. and what you don't need. And as a good producer or line producer will tell you, right, you you get one day with a steady cam. So Mm. pick that day. day. Mm. Yeah. Don't just assume. Yeah, just because there's a corridor in all these locations that you're, you're going to have get a steady that. cam and mm. all that. Yeah, I got that on the day. The exec producer went, "You can have it for two days. Mm. Choose which two days out of your whole film you want it." Yeah. So I p- properly thought yeah. about it and said, "Can I move that scene to there?" And there? Yeah. But it exactly worked. that because you then sat down and mm-hmm. did your homework and thought about it, and you mm. mo- if you you move the pieces around the board. Yeah. That's you know, and you adapt your scripts like that. You know, I'll sort of say, "No, you can't have this. That that." you have to make it work and Sasha's very good at that. So I think that producer sort of director writer relationship is really important as well because mm. you can suddenly make your film so much cheaper but still looks the same quality by just adapting a few simple things. And I know we spoke about uh, driving scenes of someone on a phone and it's like suddenly you need a low loader or it happens to be raining on that day so you need a low loader with rain towers mm. and actually it's just a guy going yeah mum I'll be home for supper at five yeah. um, versus to you could do that scene of the same guy walking, walking down, the, down street, the street and it's fine and yeah. you know the rain can be one of those garden things that you just literally right. pump in front of the camera right. like or there's you can does it need to be rain well does exactly. it exactly because rain's mean, a nightmare it's yeah. a nightmare yeah. And, uh, so on tango a lot of the original in the first draft a lot of the scenes were in a quote interior busy coffee shop Mm. so you're now looking at closing a coffee shop Uh filling it with uh, essays um, and the the problem with the busy interior coffee shop is everyone knows what one of those looks like so no one's in the cinema going Jesus they've actually closed the coffee shop and filled it with (laughs) people they're just going all right. All right. What's the story? <laughs> That's true. What's the story? So on yeah. Tango, I said, right, what I'm going to do mm. is save a bunch of money. Let's look at rooftops because it's two people talking. Yeah. And as you know, it's pretty much the easiest thing you can film. Mm-hmm. 
So I was like, let's look at rooftops where we see the whole of London. But because we're on a rooftop, no essays, none, none, none of this. And it's daylight, so maybe a bit of bounce and, and, and we're away kind of thing. And we found some amazing rooftops. Literally walked into a bunch of hotels and buildings along yeah. the Thames and went, uh, any chance we could use a rooftop? And yeah, loads said no, but one of them said yes. And it's wow. it was a lot cheaper than filming that scene in any other way. But your production value of us... O- overlooking Tower Bridge, Tower Bridge. Tower London, the Gherkin, the yeah. Shard, and then Canary Wharf, the other, because oh. we shot another scene, just literally did just a 180 the on the camera. camera. Oh, so it's about prep. Genius, it's it about is. prep. It and if you're saving money, do it yourself. Yeah. Right. Because the best person ever for the job is, like we always say, if you want something done, do it yourself. Right. Yeah. Because you know what your director wants, or you go out together and search for mm. locations and stuff, or, or pull in deals from crew, you know, so... But so as, yeah, just as have filmmakers, total responsibilities, put as much of the money on screen as yes. possible. There's yeah. no point everyone having an amazing sushi lunch and then go and film a crappy scene in, in a corridor totally. that looks like it was made for 50 quid. Because yeah. the you're expecting the audience to spend wow, £15 for a cinema mm-hmm. ticket now or buy the DVD for 8 9 quid or whatever it yeah. is. And if you're just going to give them a movie where none of the budget's on screen, it's all in people's bellies or pockets totally <laughs> make yep. them remember it make yeah. them remember it it's great advice thank you um I want to quickly touch on Midsummer Night's Dream because Stephen Tracy had nothing but great things to say about you guys, which is really nice. They were drunk, right? No, I'm not. I'm not. I've had a calippo, but I'm not drunk. Um, <laughs> this show was sponsored by Calippo. Calippo, everyone. Um, yeah, because we've got to get out of the studio, which is a real shame because I could talk to you guys for ages. This is fantastic. We'll come back. So much. I mean, yes, everyone else is the next part two. Right? I don't know. No, yeah. <laughs> It's true. <laughs> this could be a part two. It probably will be. Um, yeah, so Midsummer Night's Dream, now called MSND. Uh, Other way around. MSND, now was, called It was Midsummer originally, Night's yeah, filmed as MSND. Oh. Then some brain somewhere said, no, we should just call it Midsummer Night's Dream. Uh, it it kind of makes sense, because mm. then at least you know what it is. Yeah. Right, okay. That was fun to shoot, because you've shot some Shakespeare stuff before in the past. Well, I wrote the, the film that you worked on, yeah, Beautiful Devils. Mm. I wrote that, and... Uh, Which is a remaking of Othello. Othello, yeah. Yes. For reasons maybe off mic, I'll, no, I never got to direct for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so Midsummer, I'd been on for, uh, well, nine years ago I was attached, uh, and four summers on the trot, it almost happened, then it fell. And then Stephen Tracy came aboard, and then March, I think, I guess I met them, and then we were shooting in August. Amazing. Finally. Yeah. I mean, just we shot in Austria mm-hmm. uh, in this valley and had monasteries and uh, schlosses and, and rivers and waterfalls and lakes. And just it was magical. It was really hard job, mm. really hard work it, for so many, many reasons. Um, but, yeah, we had like three vehicles for about 50 people plus oh, kit. Wow. And it yeah, was just oh, it, tough, it, tough shit. That, that was one film in terms of the production team it wasn't fully thought out mm. and I tried because you didn't have me there I tried <laughs> I know great a great one you could have I so. nearly did go out I was on a Berkhoff film Tell to Heart and oh, then no. um, I got the call <laughs> and um, <laughs> and yeah I'd already accepted a Channel 4 job so I couldn't damn, go out damn. I wish I had but we were trying to make it a monkey's yeah. co-pro with, with Stephen Tracy yeah. early days uh, but for not via not not because of them for various reasons it mm. wasn't to be and then when it was all too late uh that's when they kind of went oh god can we make it and it's like mm, yeah. well they're off doing a burkoff thing now so we can't but but 
the film is beautiful and Stunning. It, it, yeah. it's great. I mean, really, really great. I'm so, so pleased with it. And the performances are through the roof. And great. great. I guess, you know, you'd rather have a sort of a, a slightly crappy experience shooting it, mm-hmm. but and end up great, with an amazing yeah. movie of course you than would. the other way around. Yes, of course you would. But then, yeah, sorry. That's what you remember at yeah. the end of the day and what people go home think. Well, that's all the audience cares about. That's all they care about. And yeah. actually you as well. Cause Again, you're a film director. I don't care don't, that you're working 18 hours a day. Yeah. Yeah. No you went through. yeah, I don't care. <laughs> it's true. They don't give a shit. They care about the finished product and mm. then they remember you and go, yeah, you're great. This is a great production. Right, so when's that going to be out-ish? So we're in post now, so done and dusted by july right okay so we might get to the end of the year maybe yes yeah okay well hopefully soon because we're in development of another shakespeare movie Mm. the winter's tale um with joseph milsom so um so yeah we'd like obviously investors and so forth to see that to then shoehorn back into our project (laughs) and that'll be filming in sicily Oh, so we've just been on a recce. Well, we'll be out really there. Nice. So, well, yeah, please. I've, I've got a thing coming up that I'll be shooting in Rome, so I'll just be oh, on Rome when by. you need me. Yeah. Just, well, we need some caterers and stuff. So. Yeah, well, I drive. <laughs> I was going yeah, to talk that. to the actors. Picture me script. do need a lion if you could find <laughs> it. Yeah. I've got, got 20,000 people to choose from. <laughs> you see, you make that sound like a lot now. I know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've got 20,000 lions. Always stay positive. I know, so, but Tango One is out now. People it can is. go see it. Yes. Do yeah. go see it. I'll around put, the world. Around the world. So I'll Brilliant. put links to that. Because we get a lot of people from around the world listening to this podcast. Perhaps. So if you're around the world, which yeah. you are because you're listening to this, then uh, the links are in the show notes. So go check yeah, that out. So where can people follow you on social media so they can check out what you're doing, what you're up to? So uh, Twitter and Instagram. Yep. Um, we are three, as in T-H-R-E-E, W monkeys. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Facebook, just three wise monkeys. Brilliant. Perfect. And yourself yeah. in terms of personally as well? So personally at Trish underscore S-T-E-R, so Trishster, and Sasha is at Sasha Bennett, right? I've, I've gone really complicated on it. It's my name, Sasha, Sasha Bennett. Cool. Perfect. Sasha, that sounds good. I'm at Giles Alderson. You can follow me there. Dan, Dan seven tenths. Seven follow me there, Instagram and Twitter. Perfect, perfect. Boom. And uh, follow us at The Filmmakers Podcast. Being prepared is everything. You can make your indie film, but know who your audience is and get out there and do it. And remember, if you're lucky enough to do well and rise up, it's your duty to send the elevator back down. I like that bit. Tango One is out now. Go see it. It's brilliant. Thank you, Trish. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you, Sasha. Well, thank you. Thank you both for joining us on the Filmmakers Podcast. Next show's out next Tuesday. As always, we will see you there. Goodbye. Peace. Thank you. (laughs) 